Have you ever had an unexplainable moment with music? Was there a time when a song felt completely synchronistic in your life? Was that a coincidence? Or was it a coexistence? Today, I invite you on an extraordinary journey into the realm of harmonious encounters where music and spirituality intertwine. Join me as we unravel this deep and mystical connection between those two things, music and spirituality. It's all right here on Music Ghost Stories. Welcome to Music Ghost Stories, the podcast where we discuss our encounters with music and its synchronicity in our lives. I'm Donnie, your host, and today marks a special occasion. We're going to be doing our very first interview. But before we get to that, I want to share a quick story. Not long after my mom's passing, I received a message with the biggest plus sign I had ever seen. I'm going to be a dad. The due date? The same day as the one-year anniversary of my mom's passing. In the hospital bag, we packed a Bluetooth speaker to play some music during the delivery. My wife and I chose a 60s, 70s vibe, a Spotify radio recommended playlist. On episode one, I shared some coincidences I had with music and the passing of my parents. During the delivery, this random playlist seemed to know exactly what to play. Songs like Rescue Me, Beyond the Sea, You've Really Got a Hold on Me, Only You, You Can't Hurry Love, You Send Me. Then, around 11 p.m., the doctor arrived for examination. He said, Oh yeah, it's time to push. And the playlist continued with songs like It's Now or Never, You Beat Me to the Punch, and just like that, he was born. Little Baby Donald III. The nurses came in like a team of Oompa Loompas, tending to our new arrival. Then Time of the Season by the Zombies came on. This one, I didn't really think much of it, until the delivering doctor shared a heartfelt moment. He reminisced about when he first arrived in the United States, and how that song played everywhere. This country has given me everything, he said, and more. I thought to myself, wow, music can take you back in time and elicit instant emotions. Then that part of the song came on where it's like, what's your name? And my wife and a couple of the nurses chimed in, who's your daddy? (laughs) What a fun and beautiful moment that was. Then came the first mother and son skin-to-skin contact. I got you, babe. Leaving the hospital, wouldn't it be nice? I'm leaving on a jet plane. We made a quick pit stop over at my wife's parents. His ama and his ampi come together by the Beatles. And that's how our little one entered the world, surrounded by the magical tunes that seem to intertwine with every twist of fate. Now, as we continue our exploration of music's profound impact on our lives, I'm thrilled to introduce our first guest, Frank Hendrickson, who performs in his current band, The Revived. In this episode, we'll learn about Frank's journey as a musician, 
and how it led to his discovery of something called the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a nine-sided figure using a particular system of analysis to represent the spectrum of possible personality types. This episode highlights the importance of storytelling through music and Frank's desire to help others grow and evolve through his songs. Let's dive in. All right. Welcome, Frank. <laughs> All right. So I can attach a clip. What song would you like? Ooh. I, man, I got to tell you, I think out of the ones that I've recently released, I like Know Your Name the most. I, I love that one. Dude, that song was so much fun to, to make. I, I like, so like just like making music, it can feel really robotic sometimes when you're on a project. Yeah. And like that one was just such a like, a, it happened in like seconds. Okay. Always, those are always my favorite songs. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. All right. A little bit about me. I'm mainly I'm just a dad, man. Like I I spend so much time really focused on Joel and his baseball and and then Lucy. She's doing gymnastics now. So like a lot of time with them. But yeah, I've been playing music for a really long time now. I started in I guess it was seventh grade. From that point actually kind of like pretending to play guitar back then just to like join a band you know but i've been like writing and recording music pretty much ever since i guess we're in the same boat then mm -hmm. because i just had my first little monster pop out little boy and it's new for me but i admire your insight being big dad mode yeah so for my firstborn it was very like a, a lot of learning obviously and like trying to figure out like how my life mashed into that yeah. and then like and now looking back on it it's kind of like i think it's probably the best thing i do is being a dad now so it's yeah fun. I mean, it's so much it's, fun dude i'm really still is. in this moment where this is the weirdest thing i've ever experienced but yeah um it's it gonna is, be for a while <laughs> yeah but this is our first interview for the podcast and it's sort of like this big change becoming a dad and frank is an expert at it so <laughs> he's like the perfect one to have for this endeavor okay so you said that in seventh grade, you sort of picked up the guitar for, for the fun of it. Mm -hmm. yes. What what inspired you to do that? I remember in, it was like the end of my sixth grade year, uh, there was a music store in Baltimore called Mars Music. Do you remember Mars Music? Dude, I remember when everything in there went on clearance. Oh, yeah. For whatever reason, our music department at this school was like, we're going to just take a field trip to this music store. What? And like, yeah, we're just going to show everybody like all these different instruments that there are. Huh. I had always played like sports growing up as a kid and music was never like a, a very housed Christian family. And you could only listen to Carmen, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah. DC Talk, I guess, was okay. <laughs> kind of like had to bend them on that one. And that was pretty much it. So like music, I don't know, like I actually, I felt kind of stunted with music, like because I was, I didn't really listen to good music for a really long time. And then I just remember walking in and seeing like guitars hanging on the wall. And I just, I just remember like, I, like my, so like to my parents, I've only ever played like football as like the only hobby I really had as a kid. Okay. It's funny, like 90s kids, like Christians, 90s is just very weird time to be alive i feel like yeah i remember 
like like my football team would have like homecomings and they would have like these big dances and i remember they had like the whole team i think because they wanted me to come they voted me as like the homecoming king or whatever for the team oh nice and my parents like no we don't go to those and like turned it down yeah man you're the king though i know that was my that was my true shot at fame and they've ruined it (laughs) so now i have to go earn it back through being a musician they're like what have we done i don't it was very weird like i don't know i just saw guitars and i remember thinking like i want to do that and i just decided to do it when you do something new you struggle at it yeah so I struggled for sure playing like and you're just just learning chords and stuff. Right. And then like I just remember going like, man, this just isn't really for me. So then in seventh grade, I met a group of guys. I was in seventh. They were in sixth and they had a band. It was just a drummer and a guitarist and he sang and they were looking for another guitarist. And I was okay. just like, oh, I play guitar. Yeah. Which was total, totally not true. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, I had a guitar. That's what yeah. I meant to and say. And technically you did try to play it once. <laughs> yeah. I own a guitar yeah, is yeah. what I meant to say. Yeah. But like when they were like, yeah, well, let, let's let's join our band. And I was okay. like, all right, cool. But I remember they were like, band practices this night. So I was like, man, I got to figure out how to play. Up. What style of music were they? <laughs> um, it was like just like a like a punk, like rock, like so, all, okay, all these power so chords little, and little, stuff. Like, yeah, 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 little punk rock coming through this uh, yeah, man. private Christian school in like seventh grade. That's that's neat. So they <laughs> they sort of pulled you into this new world that they were into. Yep. So that lasted for like a year. OK. And I actually got like semi decent at like song structures and um kind of started writing at home on my own just for fun and we didn't have a lot of songs or anything so i was like i, I should probably try, like i should probably try to write a few songs i guess the whole goal was like i should make something so that we could try to play it together and see if we could make something more of it you just wanted to contribute in, in a, i think in a so okay. yeah yeah so that's crazy that mars music was sort of that step in so no <laughs> no it was like no family member or no um I'm going to tag someone from like a tar center or someone that can manage like, dude, maybe we should make this place look like they're going to be Googling Mars music and they won't be able to, they won't be able to find it anywhere. Like, yeah. I mean, like aside from that one trip, I don't know that I mean, I might've gone back there like maybe once or twice my whole life. But when did it, when did it get a little bit deeper for you? For me, we had, you know, what we had there, it lasted about a year. I don't remember what the band was called to tell you the truth. And then. That broke up for whatever reason. We moved out of middle school, started going to high school. I had like just a core group of friends that we would just hang out in our neighborhood. And I remember um, I had a crush on one of my friends back then. And I remember out of the blue, she called me and she asked me to go to a theater, like dance or whatever. Like at the end of the year, they were celebrating and she asked me to go as her date. And I don't normally like I don't dance and I don't like going like to those types of environments, especially yeah. at that point in my life. Yeah. I, yeah. I had to be so just yeah. the idea of doing that. I just for whatever reason, something inside me said, yeah, I'm doing that. OK. And it was very out of character for who I was up until that point. Right. But by going to that, I met a group of people. The guy's name was Tim, who was actually dating my wife at the time. OK. Yeah. My, my now wife was okay. dating this guy, Tim. and I met them both at this dance. Huh. And just by doing that. Like kind of developed a relationship with playing music and then ended up joining their current band that they were in and did that for a while. It was uh, Chancing Tomorrow was what it was called for a while. Cool. And then it changed. they changed the band name to Valvalis, some obnoxious name that nobody could ever remember or say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was there a guy with like a, a Afro-y type hair? And, yes. Like yeah. keyboard, I think? He had very curly hair okay. and let it go really long and that's, played like keyboard. Yeah. That's important, guys. <laughs> if you're listening, make sure you have something distinct so if no one knows your band name, they can point somebody out. I don't think people could look up Valvalis today and find recordings. No. There. So I, I just need to take a moment to express to people that Valvalis was actually like really good. Well, thank you. Man. I appreciate that. Yeah, nice. I mean, it was uh, <laughs> so after Val Vallis, mm-hmm. 
um you you sort of took a step back from that band and then that was so you went from a uh, friend group mm-hmm. to another friend group and then was there a third friend group or was there is that when you started performing on your own so through Valvalis, I kind of picked up a little bit of like recording software to some amount and it really was only used to demo ideas and kind of present them to the band to like let's work on this it was an adobe audition okay you developed some resources mm-hmm. so you could start demoing your own songs yes so again at the time it was just um and we you know kind of talked about this a little bit before we started recording this yep. little tiny 15 dollars radio shack yeah we have to mic. talk about that that this has to stay in here so it's just this it literally 15 bucks this little like you know i guess it was kind of like an off-white little had a little bass to it mm-hmm. but it was really just to speak into um, and then I would just on an acoustic guitar, kind of like demo out ideas into this recording software. Yeah. So I just started doing that in my basement for a while and okay. kind of like developed like maybe like nine or 10 songs and played them out. Okay. I just want to take a second and we discussed this, but I want people to listen and understand that this $15 radio mic, I think that's important for people that are out there creating. You're going to have limitations. We're all going to have limitations. But we can also overcome those limitations or embrace them to make something authentic and unique. I mean, I I feel it was more like just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what worked. <laughs> but you, I mean, it was I was being as resourceful as I could with what I had. I guess there like, are you know? artists that literally throw things at the canvas just to get started. Yeah, you know. Well, and thank you. They embrace that. <laughs> yeah, and I I really want listeners to understand because a lot of, I feel like a lot of people listening are are curious about the what's behind the music. A lot of them are creating the music. So. I want to get into sort of that part of the music that started to resonate in deeper. So I think mm-hmm. part of it is you started doing this for a while and simply the experience and and maybe being repetitive and just being better at the craft, like figuring out how to record yourself and things like that. And then being able to perform live or know how to make music sound good in a room or how to conduct your other friends to work together as a team to come up with a sound that's actually really presentable. I've played with a lot of really, really talented musicians. I was exposed to a lot of like really like like some of my favorite music now. Yeah. But like, you know, just just through that and like those people having that experience and kind of like teaching me a little bit, I yeah. was able to pick up just enough. So when I moved on to my next like phase, wow, I was able to kind of use that and craft my own thing. It's like your mini mastermind groups. Yeah. Like you sort of, it's a collaborative thing. Everybody pitches in and then you just, you just kind of uh, climb the ladder. And so you found your next group. It could have been the same group, but the way things just work out, you kind of just took to the next group that you knew had the same thing to offer as your first group, probably. Yeah. Um, Talented musicians, people that were good at what they did and people that had something that, that could teach you. You probably saw that they were doing something maybe a little different or something interesting, and you you picked up on that approach, whether songwriting and stuff like that, and you're just kind of climbing, mm-hmm. and then it's get, it's getting you to where you just had a good circle. That's something, if you're creating music, it's important to know that you can surround yourself with talent. And we sort of spoke on this earlier, but I find it interesting to you because you mentioned that you find yourself being slightly more competitive. I am very competitive. Yes. Okay. So, so like not in the traditional sense of it, but I'm a Enneagram type four, which is like called the individualist okay. or the artist, some people call it. So basically it means that the way I know myself is to have special qualities or to view myself as somewhat special compared to people. Okay. 
which sounds really like kind of gross to say. But well, you found out about this when you researched the Enneagram, right? Yeah. So I, I stumbled upon like the Enneagram through a band called Sleeping at Last that okay. I, I listened to back when I was in high school. So the competitive nature, like so my subtype is a one to one. So like there's a social type, there's a self-preservation type, and then there's a one to one. OK. Like self-preservation, obviously, they approach the world always trying to like, you know, protect themselves. OK. Social types are more like looking out for the group mindset. Like they're always kind of looking out for the herd mentality. Uh-huh. And that's how they kind of find their place. And then the one-to-ones, they tend to, like, find things and latch onto them to, like, really dive into them. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of like a, like a symbiotic, like, relationship that they'll, they'll get with other people. Okay. For fours who are one-to-one, they tend to be, like, just a more competitive type of four compared to the other, like, subtypes that okay. there are. Okay. I really deep dove onto it because of how disarming it was to read about myself. It's your inner, like like motivations so it's weird to see them written out it's like oh wow that's something nobody would ever know about me so like how Mm. how did that like show up on this page it was just so it was really really disarming to read so i want to sort of take your inspiration with uh sleeping at last Mm -hmm. and then for listeners you've taken that inspiration learned about the enneagram Mm -hmm. and then you created a concept album based on that enneagram yeah and you started writing songs for each type on the Enneagram. So when it comes to music and the resonating on a deeper level, you're able to basically speak to different types of people through the series of EPs. What do you think will resonate more? And you said with Sleeping At Last, it was kind of this too. And when when you listen to music and it hits you with a spiritual resonance, do you find that happens more often with the instruments or with the lyrics? Real quick, did you know that Music Ghost Stories has a group on Facebook? You can join and share any coincidences that you've experienced involving music in some way. We want to hear your story and how music has played a synchronistic role in your life. So, with each episode right here on this podcast, there's a description. And there's notes involving each episode in some way. I try to put things that are unique to the episode, like a playlist of the songs that are referenced, for example. But also, you'll find the link that takes you to that community on Facebook. Check it out, click it when we're done, and I'll meet you over there. All right. I So I have a pretty hard opinion on that. I do think it's, I think it's lyrics, man. I feel like it's got, like, there's something about, like, a really well, like, crafted story yeah. And then also just like very like being being able to like poetically put words to something that I was like, I didn't even really know I felt. It's like, man, like that stuff really is what like the music's got to be good, too. Yeah. But if the lyrics are not good, like I don't, I don't care. Like ultimately, wow. like, I'll forget, you know, okay. like to me anyway, that's yeah. that's what that's what stands out. So would you say that music is um, sort of a platform in which you can emit an interesting story? through the lyrics to sort of resonate with people. That's sort of your approach. Yeah. So like I, I kind of, I also believe that music can be healing to people in some way. I just feel like there's something, there's something to be said about being able to walk somebody through like a really like maybe like kind of like a touchy topic. Yeah. But being able to kind of like gradually walk them through it and like to like drive a point home Mm -hmm. within it. Like, I feel like that can help heal a lot of, like, wounds for people that, like, they might not be open to, like, 
discuss like it's it's almost like therapeutic to some people i feel like yeah well let's talk about that for a second so if i play music without any lyrics do you think there's a part of music that could be healing there might be some kind of science to that okay <laughs> i don't but so your like, thought what your my thought... opinion is that i think that i think that that's important but i do think that being able to em- emotionally connect like yeah like some kind of a deeper meaning yeah i think is what really gets it for me anyway there's probably some kind of science to like how music i know that i know there's some kind of like a a study on like music affecting plants and stuff you know like in growing oh yeah oh yeah so like there's something to it yeah but i i to, to me i think the music portion is more of a vehicle for like the bigger like picture i love story thank you for sharing that has anyone ever told you that your music holds a deep connection with them Yes. So I was playing at this uh, small church in York, Pennsylvania, and that's the first time I played any of the the Enneagram songs. I played the last track for the Type 1 EP, which is called Letting Go. Mm. And I remember explaining briefly what a Type 1 was and then playing that song and like as like a... So like the third track for each one of these EPs is kind of like the healing path that these types need to take in order to like really lay this mask down and start to like kind of heal and balance out this girl came up to me like like crying like heavily and she was like that really got me and she's like and i don't know why and she was just like like it was just it was really weird i've never had anybody have like that kind of an emotional reaction to something that i've like sang yeah yeah. It was a really cool moment, man. Like yeah. I was just, I, I, I felt really honored that somebody would be like that vulnerable and like to like thank God, like she even came up to share it. But... Right, right. How many of those experiences do you think that happen that you might never, you may never know? What if someone heard yeah. it on Spotify? You don't, so you're able to get that feedback live, which is great. Now, you said you don't know why that is, but your opinion probably lies in that you were singing those lyrics mm-hmm. and. Here's here's what's important to me, I think, is that you shared a brief part of what that Enneagram was and the path to healing before you started playing it. So yeah. they had some context. Yes. So, I mean, generally people that don't really know anything about the Enneagram, it's kind of like very, you know, weird to like, all right, yeah, whatever. Sounds like, you know, your normal typing. But um, to really be able to touch on, I think, the things that matter about each type. Yeah. I think. Like when I heard me described from somebody else, yeah, it was like again so disarming that it made me go like I gotta read more about this because some, that that's really weird, you know. Like it was just something to it that made me like kind of pulled me in further. So being able to like I guess touch on some of those key aspects about people if they are that type, it's something that's gonna resonate with them and like just kind of like like flip a switch for them as well. So just learning about myself. And yeah. learning about the, the the things in my life that are red flags that kind of like would put me in that loop of like self-destructive like tendencies where it's like, I was like, it's just a cycle, man. It's like, I keep doing this over and over and I keep getting these, you know, really horrible results. And like, yeah. why do I keep doing the same things over and over? And then when you realize why and you see those red flags, my whole goal was because it helped me so much to kind of like evolve as a human being. Yeah. I was like, man, I want to do this for other people too. So like being able to share from a like a journey perspective. So the first track is really kind of like the villain track in in a way. It's kind of like it's it's the story of what happens to the person to end up becoming that type. So okay, it's this messaging that like this is the only way that you're going to be accepted or be safe or feel loved, and, and like that 
is the you know like kind of like it's kind of like kind of scary really if you yeah. look at it that way yeah um but it's kind of the villain track in the way that starts off and then the second track for each ep is kind of the story of like of of living in that like cyclical like lifestyle where it's kind of like you know I keep doing this and it's not working it's giving me these results that are terrible and I hate you know going through this over and over but it's just like what do I do so it's kind of like showing like more more so along the lines of like where people may actually be yeah and then the last track of each one is to present like a healing path of like what like what to do in your journey to help to grow and to like balance out instead of like living that same lifestyle over and over and over and track 3 might be the one that really hits it your ideas and your approach is speaking to someone through the story through the concept so you hit them with a little context just like you did at that at that performance Mm -hmm. and then you hit them with that third track of healing and i think that might be the theme of sort of what you want to convey to an audience you end on that theme is that if your music could send one message to the world what would it be what are you trying to communicate through the revived I think, whereas maybe it started out, you know, as to just kind of look, you know, be like, you know, the cool guy with the guitar, <laughs> like, in, like yeah. kind of impressing people. I think more along the lines now, it is more kind of just trying to um, maybe help people get a little better or like, you know, to, to, to heal in some way or to, mm-hmm. to also be able to grow and to evolve as a human. I think that that's more important to me than most other things. If I could do that for other people, I think that that's worth walking away with. If someone listening to this hasn't listened to you, now they can tune in, they can find you, and they'll hear it maybe a little bit different than they would have if they hadn't listened to this podcast. Yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, I really think it's going to resonate with people. The theme of healing, the message of healing is is important to people that need to hear it. So if you find yourself in, in a certain way where you feel like you've, you may have succumbed to the villain on track one and you're not getting the output that you need on track two, maybe tune into track three and the music will speak to you with a deeper meaning and an emotional resonance. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for having me. <laughs> As we wrap up this episode... It's clear that music has the incredible power to not only entertain, but also heal and inspire. Frank's journey as a musician, guided by the Enneagram, reminds us of the deep connections we can find through music. Thank you for tuning in to Music Ghost Stories. Be sure to stay tuned for more enchanting encounters with music and synchronicity. Until next time, everyone. Though this episode's over, keep listening. Bye. 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 I love, I love you. you.